Good morning, saints. <laughs> I thought this morning we would just uh, do questions and answers again this morning um, because I don't know what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> of course, you might get me stirred up and I'll start saying something, but, but uh, l- let's do that this morning. That, I always enjoy doing that because uh, there may be some question, some scripture that we can talk about that might help remove a block of doubt, you know, or, or question about something. And it usually leads to good discussion. So, um, so let's do that. Just if you have a scripture question about the new covenant, grace, a personal experience that you, uh, that you want a question, question answered about, um, that'd be great. I just, one of the things I'd love doing is uh, one of the best things I'd, I love doing is hearing about a scripture that someone says, now, if grace, if, if grace is true, what about this verse? And then unpacking that verse to where the light bulbs come off, come on and they go, oh my God, that's it. That really is a blessing because it changes lives. So let's pray um, and look to the Lord to, for his wisdom. Lord, we just thank you that you are our teacher The Spirit of God teaches us these things. The Spirit has been sent from heaven to show us these things. Things that angels, angels long to know. Things that angels were not told, but the sons and daughters of God were told. Awesome realities of the work of Christ, of a new creation of a joining that has now taken place because of the reconciliation. For God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to Himself, not counting our sins against us anymore. And all who believe on this Christ shall receive the forgiveness of all their sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in that gift is the joining in that gift of your spirit father is the joining we in you you in us one awesome awesome reality that does not change from day to day does not change from the muggy weather or bad circumstances or hard times or good times or aches in our bones it never changes oneness union awesome reality so Lord now as we just fellowship together here today I pray that we would have answers to questions and encouragement thank you for the spirit of love that's here the the love of God the love of Christ the peace of God In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Jumbo. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is to bring back to your memory that what you have taught. Yes. I'm going to go way, way back. Okay. Okay, at 12, 12, 10, you taught uh, the uh, 70 weeks yeah. of Daniel. And uh, you never mentioned the uh, rapture in that teaching. 
and uh, I was quite intrigued on that teaching. Uh, okay. Because that throws off the whole timetable of what we've been taught as a church. Yes. And that uh, you never mentioned the rapture, and also, uh, did you pass out the notes that you promised that you would bring in? No, I never did. No, I never did. Uh, Thanks for reminding me, though. Like the timeline of the, uh, yeah, I'll, I will definitely do that. I totally forgot about that. It's written in my Bible, but I got to make copies of it. I'm going to remind you every week. Okay. That's cool. Because I promised my brother, okay. who is also just like you, and I called him the other day, and uh, and I promised him a copy of those notes. So okay. he's going to be on me, so I have to be on you. You got it. That sounds good. I'm a man of his word. That so, sounds good. Uh, I'll do it. Okay. I want to I want to do it so bad because it's so awesome. Yes. And when I you see totally this, intrigued. it's it's amazing. When you I see this, ask you a question about the rapture and all. Rapture yep. Okay. Good question. All right. What. What Jumbo is asking is, is uh, in reference to a teaching we did a while back um, on the 70 weeks of Daniel, the 77s of Daniel, chapter 9 of Daniel, verse 25, 26, in that area. It's the prophecy that, that, um, that came from the angel uh, Gabriel to Daniel. Um, it's interesting that it's Gabriel that, that stepped out of heaven and into our realm and spoke to Daniel about this prophecy because the prophecy is about the coming of Messiah, a time frame when you can see and look on the calendar and see when the Messiah would actually appear on earth. Uh, and it's also interesting that it's the same angel, Gabriel, that stepped back into time to announce the birth of John the Baptist and the birth of the Christ himself. It's no mistake or accident that it was the same angel because the timeline, the 77s, has everything to do with the coming of John the Baptist and when Jesus came. Really cool. Very cool. Now, 77s are the prophecy that Gabriel gave Daniel is there'll be 77s of years is what it's to be interpreted or 490 years remember Daniel's in exile you know Israel is in Babylonian captivity and the angel appears to Daniel and says, there's going to be 490 years from the time that a decree goes forth to rebuild Jerusalem. When a, when a decree goes forth to rebuild Jerusalem, from that time when the decree goes forth, you can count 490 years. And something, uh, after, after these 490 years, Everything will be different. Now, the first 483 years, and I can't do the whole teaching right now, but just to get to that quick question about the rapture, the 483 years takes us right to when John the Baptist... announces this is the Lamb of God. 483 years goes by and it's amazing. It, you, can, you, can, uh, you can check your, your, uh, the calendar and see, um, see it for yourself. It's just, it's just amazing. And we have been 
told by, by many prophecy teachers that the final seven years, the final seven years of the Daniel 77s, the final seven years, we've been told by prophecy teachers, books, 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 books out there saying this, that this last seven-year period right here, and this is a seven-year period right here, we've been told that for, in all these books, many, many books, that this last seven-year period is something that is future and has not yet happened and will not happen until something happens uh, at the beginning of the seven-year period. Now, what this does is makes, it makes the timetable the time worthless. If I tell you, um, how can I say it? If I, if I tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come visit you in seven days. And in the, in the first six days that go by, that's going to be a certain time. You know, say that ends up on a Monday. And then I say, but that seventh day, that could happen at any time. <laughs> we'll put that in the future. Does that help you? I mean, like, okay, so I'm going to come visit you in seven days. And the first six days, you know, count down to Tuesday. But after Tuesday, let's put that that last day indefinitely in the future. And so basically, you're like, well, you basically told me nothing. Um, You know, you could be here tomorrow. I mean, you could be here on Wednesday or you could be here next year. You could come 10 years from now. I mean, you told me zero by cutting up the timetable and taking the last day and saying this is some type somewhere in the future indefinitely. um, And now it's been 2000 years in the future. It's ridiculous. The angel Gabriel did not give a timetable and leave seven years as some variable that is, is going to start two millennia later. And the reason why prophecy teachers do that is this. When you see what the angel Gabriel is really saying about this last seven years, he is saying that at the end of this period, he's saying something that the Bible prophecy teachers do not believe. And because they don't believe it, they have to put it future. They have to put it to where this end of the seven-year period is the rapture or the second coming. Does it keep back Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, so what, is this, what is the prophecy saying about this that the Bible prophecy teachers don't believe? This is what, the, this is what it says. It says, the the angel Gabriel says that when 490 years has passed, that sin shall be taken away, that iniquity shall be reconciled, that the transgression shall be finished, that everlasting righteousness shall come, that he who is Lord shall be anointed and all that the prophets have seen and spoken shall be fulfilled. And it was. And it was. And we have verses in every, for every one of those things. Uh, reconcilia- uh, reconciliation shall come for iniquity. For God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world unto himself, not counting their sins against him. Transgression shall be finished on the cross 
It is finished. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. Romans. And he shall put an end to sin. Hebrews. He was manifested to put an end to sin and destroy the works of the enemy. And everlasting righteousness shall come. And now we have the gift of righteousness. And blessed is he who lives in this grace and this gift of righteousness and shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. And he's anointed both Lord and Christ. Book of Acts. This same Christ has been anointed both Lord and Christ. Not a temple, a person. Lord and Christ anointed. And all the prophets bear witness that whosoever believes on his name shall be forgiven and have everlasting righteousness for all that is written has always been about him for the spirit of all prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Awesome. You see it? We don't believe it. But we do. But but you have books and books out there that put the finished work of Christ at his second coming. And that's the problem. And that's why Jesus said "When when I return to earth shall I find faith on the earth. When I return, shall I find someone who believed I really did it? We're not supposed to live our life looking for the second coming to finally enter into his rest. There's no need. There's no need for faith. When he comes, faith is now. We live by faith now. We believe that we're righteous in him now. We believe that he's taken away our sin now. We believe that he has made full reconciliation for all iniquity now. We believe that he has been anointed both Lord and Christ now. We believe that the, all that the prophets have spoken have been fulfilled now in him. Exactly. See? But that's the problem. So they put this in the future. And, but when you see What this is really saying, it's awesome. The same angel Gabriel that gave Daniel the revelation of this prophecy steps back into time and announces the birth of John and the birth of Jesus. Why? Because after 483 years, the prophecy says, then shall Messiah the Prince come. God marks the beginning of the end of the seven-year period with his voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, and with his man, John the Baptist, the forerunner, the voice crying in the wilderness, this is the Lamb of God. That's where it began. Not when he came into Jerusalem on the donkey. You see, the prophecy teachers say that that, uh, this 483 years ended when he came into Jerusalem. And then there was this huge 2,000 years parenthesis where this seven years will not start again until this Antichrist cuts a covenant with Israel. And the reason why they say it's an Antichrist cutting a covenant with Israel is because of the word prince. Prince in this passage. The passage says 483 years until Messiah the prince. The prince. Messiah the prince. Gabriel defines what he means by prince. Messiah the prince. The prince, prince of peace. The very next verse says, the people of the prince, the people of the prince. This is so cool. Let's see, I want to read it word for word. Verse 26, uh, yeah, let's start 26, that's good. Uh, Daniel chapter 9. Daniel 9, verse 26. I, want to re- I don't want to miss a single word. This is so cool. Daniel 9, 26 says, 70, 70 weeks or 77s is a better translation. 77s have been decreed for your people and your holy city. Now, saints, this is really important right here. 
The, four, the 77s, the 490 years, is directly a prophecy that is about your people, Daniel, your Jewish people, and your holy city, Jerusalem. In other words, when this 490 years expires, I'm about, I'm about to give you another reason why the Bible prophecy teachers will not see, do not see this. What the angel is saying is that when the 490 years expires, your people, Daniel, your people, your Jewish people, and your holy city, Jerusalem, will no longer be considered the chosen people, no longer be, have this a special status, and the holy city of Jerusalem will no longer be the holy city of Jerusalem. And there are people that they, they, want to, they want to be Jewish so bad they cannot see that. They, they just can't believe that. And that's the problem. That's problem number two. Because there's a new people that will arise after 490 years. And in that rising, they, they shall be called the people of the prince, neither Jew nor Gentile. And Jerusalem below, Paul says in Galatians, is in bondage. But Jerusalem above is my mother, Paul said. The spiritual mother. The new Jerusalem, not below. Not made with stones. But a new city has come. And a new people have come. Called the people of the prince. Not soldiers of the Roman army, as we've been taught. Because they take the verse. Well, let's read it. This is so cool. Verse 22. Let's finish verse, verse 24. Seventy-sevens have been decreed for your people and your holy city. That's it. Seventy-sevens have been decreed for your people, the Jewish people, and your holy city. And then it's, it's over. It's over. Something majorly, majorly different is coming to earth after 490 years. And when this 490 years is done, this is what's going to happen. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness. This is the phrase that opened my brother's eyes. This phrase right here, Robert. My brother Robert. Sitting at our home one night, sharing with him about the finished work of Christ. I said, Robert, look at this. Everlasting righteousness has come. And the lights went off. And he hasn't stopped running since. <laughs> everlasting righteousness. God's righteousness has come because of what Christ did. To seal up vision and prophecy, that means to fulfill what has seen and what was spoken. And to anoint the most holy. You'll see in your Bible the word place in italics. The reason why it's in italics is because it's not in the Hebrew. It's not a place that's being anointed. It is a person. It is the Christ. That, that's uh, verse 24. Chapter 9, verse 24. To anoint the most holy. The next word in most Bibles has the word place in it. The most holy place. But place is in italics because it's not in the Hebrew. Gabriel stops at the word most holy. It is a person that was anointed. Not a place. Not a building. Okay. Now look at this. Verse 25. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree... To restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. Now watch this, saints. You can see this for yourself. Don't let some Bible prophecy teacher blind you of this. 
Verse 25. This is angel Gabriel speaking. He says, Messiah the prince. There will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. All right. It's interesting he broke, the angel breaks this up. He said there should be seven sevens, 49 years, and 62 sevens, which is, what is that? One, one, 434. Thanks, like Highway 434. Great. Okay. All right. So when you add that up, you have your. You're 483. So you have the angel breaks up the time and he says there's seven sevens and 62 sevens until Messiah the Prince. 483 years until Messiah the Prince is revealed to Israel by John the Baptist. Okay. The reason why he breaks it up is because the first seven times seven, 49 years, it took 49 years to build the temple. It marks something. And then he goes right into the 62 sevens. Now look at this, saints. The angel breaks it up into three sections, seven sevens, sixty-two sevens, and the last week. There is no precedent in this prophecy to take the last seven years and put it future when the first two segments are consecutive. Right? You see that? Consecutive, seven sevens, sixty sevens. There's no break, and neither should there be a break for the last seven years. But we've been taught that this seven years is somewhere in the future. And related to some antichrist, some prince. Not seeing that the prince referred to in the last week of Daniel's prophecy is Messiah the prince. What's that? Seven weeks and 62 weeks? No. There will be not. Is that why it's in italics? No. You know, anything that's in italics is not in the original Hebrew. Okay. But you can still, you still read it as 62. It's, it's more of a like seven sevens, 62 sevens, and then the last week. But that doesn't change the meaning of the, of the passage. Yes? If, if it's in the Amplified, there's stuff that they add. That's if it's King James or something. Usually in italics or the That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Amplified is really just, it's, it's not a Bible you want to study from, um, but it's not a bad thing. You can see kind of the big picture sometimes, although sometimes the big picture is the wrong picture because the, the amplification has, been, has uh, tainted with their own views of what... All right, see right there. They use the word other... Because the teaching is that that other, or that other word, prince, in the text is referring to a different prince. That's exactly the problem. But you read it for yourself. You tell me. Look at this. Verse 25. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the prince, there will be seven sevens. And what... Um, the discussion about there will be, that doesn't really change anything at all. It just says, until Messiah the Prince, seven sevens, if you leave that out, it doesn't change the meaning. Seven sevens and 62 sevens, it will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Verse 26, then after the 62 sevens, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the Prince, now here's the second mention of the word Prince. Now the verse right above there, Gabriel says Messiah is the Prince. 
if you're having a conversation and you're saying, and you define your, your terms and you say Messiah the Prince, and in the very next breath you talk about the people of the Prince, how can your hearer understand it any other way than you're referring to the Messiah? Right, right? But not according to Bible prophecy teachers. That's a other, that's an other, that's a different, that's a different person. No, that's the Messiah, the people of the Prince, because they don't see the spiritual reality that's in this prophecy. So, the people of the Prince is referring to the believers who are neither Jew nor Gentile. Okay, then it says, now this is what's cool here, it says that he shall be cut off. And he doesn't, the angel is very vague about this because remember, remember the enemy did not know the hidden wisdom. He didn't know the mystery. And Jesus did not say a lot until after the work was accomplished. So the enemy didn't know the plan. Now, after it's over, he says, announce it from the housetops. It's, it's done. He can't reverse it. But before then, he spoke parables and he spoke here and there. And the enemy couldn't figure it out. For had the, had the rulers of this world understood the hidden mystery, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, the scripture says. So had the enemy known this plan, he would not have done it. He would not have had him crucified because it would, it would have been his undoing. But he didn't know it. He didn't know the death of this one would do this or, or exactly when it would take place. Okay. Look at verse 20. Let's, let's look at 26 again. Then after the 62 sevens, the Messiah will be cut off. See, sometime after the 62 sevens, 7, 7, 62, 7. So sometime after the 483, sometime after he's announced by John, he shall be cut off. But it doesn't say exactly when, just sometime after, okay? Now, look at this. And the people of the prince who is, who is to come. Now, the prince who is to come is a reference to who? The prince who is to come. Is who? Exactly. Because here's Gabriel talking about something that's going to happen 483 years later. He is the prince who is to come. In that point in history, talking to Daniel, he is the prince who is to come. Not some antichrist after Jesus, 2,000 years later. No, Messiah the prince, the prince who is to come. Pretty simple. It'd be like me saying, there's going to be a president it's like if I was back in time a hundred years before Abraham Lincoln was born and I prophesied and I said there's going to be a president who will come a hundred years from now and he will be assassinated and the president and the president who is to come shall do great things for this country and then someone reads that prophecy that I wrote a hundred years ago or a hundred years before Abraham and they go all right, let's see what he's saying here. He's saying a hundred years later, there will be a president born who will be assassinated. And the president will do great things for the country. He's obviously not talking about the same president in that prophecy, is what they'd say. But that's, that's ludicrous. I mean, I'm just saying the president who is to come. Because I just said a hundred years from now, there's going to be a president. 483 years from now, there's going to be Messiah the Prince. So the Prince who is to come. You see? You see how ridiculous that is? To say that this is a different Prince, a different person? No, it's Messiah the Prince. Okay, let's finish reading this. James, that's like saying President and Ruler. Two words. There will be a President to come, and this Ruler, same, same reference. The Ruler to the President, the Messiah to the Prince. Yeah, that's right, that's right. In, in base, in, two different words, and we could use two different words. The president, President and Ruler. Yep. Messiah, 
Like Messiah, the prince. Exactly. The anointed one, the prince. And then, and then this prince who is to come. So we could say, a ruler, the president, shall come a hundred years from now and shall be assassinated. And this president shall do great things for the country. Right. He's the same ruler. Yep. Yep. That's, ex- that's exactly right. And, and that's why we have missed this awesome prophecy. Okay, look at this. And I'll tell you something else, saints. This is an awesome prophecy to convince the Jew of who Jesus really is. It's another reason the enemy has hidden this. Because if the Jew really saw this, studied it and looked at it as it is, was intended to be understood, it's indisputable evidence that Christ was the Messiah. It's, it's incredible. To the year. To the year. Okay, look at this. Then the people of the prince who is to come, the prince who is to come, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, this is where they say, this has got to be, you know, military, destruction. Rome, Titus of Rome. Yes, 70 AD. That, maybe that's, that must be talking about that. So maybe Rome, okay, so Rome, the prince of Rome did that. So the Roman, Roman government, oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a mess because then they have to worry about the seven week, the one week, how that works with the Antichrist and uh what he's simply saying here in the Hebrew is that the people of the prince, in the Hebrew, the word destroy the city and the sanctuary, in the Hebrew, it means to make ruin, to make vain, void. Do you know what they accused Stephen of? You know when Stephen was stoned? Stephen was stoned at exactly, exactly the end of the seven-year period. Exactly. Stephen summarized the whole Jewish history before the Sanhedrin, before he was stoned to death. He was the first martyr of the New Covenant. And they they claimed Stephen was preaching things. He seeks to destroy the temple. Destroy the temple was the the accusation against Stephen, to destroy the temple he preaches against Moses. It's, it's an awesome study to study Acts chapter 8, I believe it is, or maybe, maybe 6. But when Stephen is before the Sanhedrin, he, is, he begins with Abraham and talks to the Sanhedrin, his own people, and he says, our people have always missed it. We missed it with Joseph. We didn't recognize Joseph. We missed it with Moses. We thought Moses was, um, we, we turned against Moses. We missed it. Our fathers have always missed it, is what he was saying. It was making a matter and matter. And then when he finally said about the temple, he goes, God doesn't live in buildings made with stones. God is bigger than a temple. The heavens are his house and the earth is his footstool. And he was bringing them spiritually to the reality that was now in Christ, the whole, that the temple, the accusation against Stephen, the people of the prince, one of the people of the prince was Stephen. He was speaking words that would destroy the sanctuary and the whole idea of the Jewish people and the holy city, the whole thing was coming to an end. And when they heard that, when they heard Stephen speak, they couldn't stand it. They put their hands on their ears and they raced toward him and stoned him. And Paul was there witnessing all of it because he would be the one that would take it to the Gentiles. Immediately after the stoning of Stephen, it exploded to the Gentiles. The scripture says a great persecution broke out in Jerusalem and they all went around scattered, preaching everywhere. That's when Peter went to Cornelius' house. That's when Paul had his road to Damascus experience. That's when Philip went to Samaria. Everything just exploded because for seven years, God determined to speak 
only to his people, his sons and daughters. For he said, your sons and daughters shall prophesy to you. That's why this scripture, this prophecy says that in the midst of the week, let's read it. It's so cool. Verse 27, and he will make a firm covenant with, covenant with the many for one week or one seven-year period. He will make, this is where the prophecy teachers say that's the Antichrist making a covenant with Israel at some, some point in the future. No, the he is the prince and the prince is the Messiah. He is making a firm covenant with his own people. He was sent not to the Gentile but to the Jew first. So this seven-year period, he is proclaiming this new covenant with his own, to his own people. Look at this. And then he says here, but in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offerings. The Christ will put an end to sacrifice and grain offerings in the midst of the seven-year period. His ministry lasted three and a half years on the cross. He put an end to sacrifice and grain offerings. Isn't that awesome? That's not the Antichrist in some future rebuilt temple that from the revived Roman Empire that has some sacrifice in the temple. And if they just thought it out, they're saying, oh, this Antichrist is going to desecrate this rebuilt temple in the future. Desecrate what? Desecrate a, a temple that God considers an abomination? How can you desecrate a temple that if it's rebuilt, God says it's an abomination? You can't desecrate something that God doesn't consider holy. Think about it. Think it through. Jesus said not one stone shall be left upon another in the Herod temple because the real temple is Christ. And on the third day, I'll raise this temple up and no one shall. God's not going back to stones and buildings. It's the Christ. He's the living temple. So these prophecy Bible teachers really have it wrong when they don't think it through. They think that's some wonderful thing. This new temple is going to be built in Jerusalem. It's an abomination to God to even think about it and to be excited about it. I mean, we ought to prophesy against it and say, no. The blood of bulls and goats will never take away sin. You do, you do despite the spirit of grace. You trample underfoot the blood of the Son of God, building another temple. It's an abomination to God. So how can an Antichrist desecrate something that is an abomination to God? It's, it's a desecration when the first stone is laid. The whole thing is faulty. The whole reasoning is faulty because they don't believe. So here it is. But he shall put an end to sacrifice in the midst of the seven years because of his work. But it's all in hidden language because the enemy is not to know the details until the end. And then it says, And on the wing of abominations, one who makes desolate. That's a reference to Satan himself. One who makes desolate. Even a complete destruction. One that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. And the Holy Spirit shall come and reveal to you that the prince of this world has been judged. That's the decree. That's the decree. The prince of this world has been judged. That's the finished work of Christ. The last seven years, saints, has already taken place. It began when John the Baptist first announced his coming. And in the midst of this last week, he put an end to sacrifice. And finally... The Lord himself spoke to his people. The Lord himself spoke to his people. Then Hebrews says, And then your sons and your daughters shall prophesy to you. The Lord himself working with them with signs and wonders. First the Lord himself to his Jewish people. Then your sons and daughters shall prophesy. For three and a half years after Pentecost, the sons and daughters of the Jewish people prophesied to their fathers. The Jewish fathers. That's why Stephen was not stoned till the end of this. This was a seven year period of focus. Focus. 
that God said, I'm focusing to my, for my people. I've come to fulfill the promise to Abraham, and I'm going to speak it first by my own mouth. Hebrews says, by the Lord himself. And then after that, your sons and daughters shall speak. If you won't listen to me, listen to your sons and daughters, and I will work with them with signs and wonders for three and a half more years until the end of the seven-year period. And then it's over. And the word spreads, and the kingdom grows, and the revelation expands that the Daniel 77s have been determined for your people and your holy city, and it's going to be over. And it's no longer going to be the Jewish people as a special chosen people or the holy city of Jerusalem, a special holy city anymore, but a new reality. The people of the prince, not Jew, not Gentile, the people of the prince will come and make ruin. I make ruin of religion every time I speak of him. I make ruin. I make void of temples and stones and sacrifices every time I preach Christ. That's what my brother Stephen did and he got killed for it and that's what I'm doing and that's what you're doing. You are the people of the prince. You are the holy people, a royal nation, a holy people. You are the people of the prince, neither Jew nor Gentile and you make ruin of religion every time you speak of him for there's only one temple and there's, that was raised in three days and he's not going back to building stones and sacrifices of bulls and goats. Isn't that awesome? So what does that mean? It means, saints, that the angel Gabriel said, when this is over, you can rest. Transgression is finished. Sin has been put away. Iniquity has been reconciled. Everlasting righteousness now is on earth. And all that has been seen and heard is fulfilled by the prophets because, see, even this had to be fulfilled to the very end. Seven years. Their own sons and daughters. Joel, your sons and daughters shall prophesy to you, see? That had to be fulfilled. So the seven-year period had to go to the end, to the very end of your sons and daughters shall prophesy to you. And he, the Lord of glory, anointed the most holy, not place, but the most holy anointed. As the book of Acts says, for God has made him both Lord and Christ. Okay, then the, okay. Now, you see it. Now, do, you, do you see though? Do you see though now? Do you see though now how the question about when the rapture occurs is completely unrelated to this? Because it has nothing to. This has nothing to do with the end times. You see that? So the answer to the question is the rapture will occur at the second coming of Christ. I happen to be one of those that believes that Jesus meant it when he said on the last day, not seven years before the last day. Now, where do we get these seven years? We get it from this. You take this. There's no other place in the entire Bible. No other place. And, the, and, there's, and you, where do we get the rebuilt temple? This right here. He shall put an end to sacrifices and grain offerings. That must be a rebuilt temple. Then we've got to have a temple rebuilt. He's going to put an end to sacrifices. So there's got to be a temple. The whole thing is right here in this one verse. In Daniel, we've built mega books and mega money on this prophecy about this Antichrist. It's bogus. The whole thing is bogus. He comes when he comes on the last day. He shall raise us up in the last day, the scripture says. 
It's going to be over in a twinkling of an eye. Peter says when he comes, the elements will melt with fervent heat. There's not going to be any Jesus ruling out of Jerusalem over there with airplanes going to visit him and stuff. Give me a break. Can you imagine? Fly heavenly airlines, you know, stewardesses with glowing faces. They serve lunch on this flight to go see Jesus in Jerusalem? No. This earth is going to melt with fervent heat. The elements, Peter says, the elements, H2O, the very basic building blocks of the universe and your very body will melt with fervent heat. The reason why it will look like the stars are falling when he comes is because the whole time continuum will be warped. The whole creation will be warped. It will look like the stars are falling, but it's, the whole thing is opening up to another realm. This will be destroyed when he comes. That's why in a minute he has to take you and I out of here because we will not be destroyed. He is not appointed us to wrath but unto salvation it's awesome and it's going to be just like the rapture teaching says in the twinkling of an eye I believe it's going to happen where no matter one man in the field one man here one man there I think what's going to happen is that we'll be talking to each other or whatever I think what's going to happen is that within you you're going to start feeling a tingling a tingling just my imagination we're allowed I think it's Holy Spirit inspired Imagination, But I, I really believe it's going to be like a tingling on the inside. And it's going to be joy. 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 It's going to be bubbling up. Joy. Just seconds before it happens. Joy. You don't even know why. You're going to feel like I just took morphine or something. What is going on? I mean, I just feel so happy about everything. What is going on? Joy on the inside because that's who you are. That's where you are. The new man or the inner man is going to know he's coming. And when he is revealed, you too shall be revealed. They'll be as in the Mount of Transfiguration when the light came out of his body and was bright. In the same way, you too will stand and the real you will come through this flesh and blood for flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom. And in the moment that light that is within you touches the cells of your body, it will be transformed instantly to immortal immortality and you will be you and I will be caught up in a moment in a second probably just disappear and then in the clouds because he comes hidden behind the clouds in all glory before he's revealed to the earth you'll be there I'll be there and you'll see below the earth and the clouds will open below the whole thing will be engulfed with fire the whole thing will begin to melt the whole thing and men will see it and they will throw rocks on their head they will try to hide themselves the scripture says from the wrath of the lamb and that's the only time you see the word wrath and lamb in the same sentence in the bible when they see and they, they shall mourn for him they shall mourn you will not you will not mourn you will eagerly await him you will rejoice but the world will mourn because they did not believe but that's that's what's going to happen I'm sorry, real quick. Oh, we got to go. Yeah, we, we'll talk. That's a whole other question. We'll talk about that too. That has something to do with uh, symbolic things in Revelation also, but... Yeah, it's, it's going to be over. When he comes, the place is, is it's meltdown. And, and Peter says, we look for a new heavens and a new earth. The same thing John saw, a new heavens and a new earth.
We've made it very, very complicated. It sells books, but... Anyway, you encouraged? Isn't this awesome? Hallelujah. You can proclaim the 70 weeks of Daniel have been fulfilled. We're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for the Christ. And we are enjoying the work of the Christ every day. Awesome. Lord, we just thank you that you're helping us see these things. You said in the latter years, we would understand. In the latter years, we would understand. In the latter years, we would understand. You would open the book. You would reveal things that have been hidden. We would understand. Lord, help us see these things, proclaim these things that men might believe. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit to open our eyes. Thank you for the prophecy that Gabriel brought Daniel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.